Hello, I'm Scott McLean. I'm the CEO and president of Transition Metals Corporation, a company that trades on the TSXV under the symbol XTM. We are a project generator. We're involved with about 25 projects in Canada, about six different jurisdictions. And we've now created a, a, a business format where we are a sustainable business without a requirement to finance over the next uh, number of months. Scott, thanks very much uh, for joining us. Not met or spoken before, uh, so I appreciate you coming on the show. Um, in fact, I, I saw uh, one, one of your uh, guys yesterday, uh, Grant was on here talking about SPC Nickel. Interesting one. Um, for people new to this, um, maybe start off and tell us a little bit about you, your background relevant to what you're trying to do here. Sure. So my background, uh, I graduated as a geologist. I'm a professional geologist, professional geoscientist. Um, and I worked for big corporations, primarily Falcon Bridge and Extrata Nickel for a good part of my career with great success. Uh, our teams were able to generate a, a number of resources, including uh, a significant discovery with which we got the Prospector of the Year Award for. After having that success, uh, I decided to leave big corporations, uh, join forces with a couple of partners, one of them being uh, David Elliott, one of the founders of, H of uh, Haywood Securities. And we formed a transition metals um, to take our expertise outside for the benefit of, uh, of investors and stakeholders. Who, who else have you got on the team that's actually active? Sure. So uh, within the team, we've got a, a team of uh, geologists. Most of us have worked together for years, many within Falconbridge together. That's where we kind of uh, uh, incubated our, our team. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm the CEO. Greg Collins he worked with me in Falconbridge. He's our, our COO. Uh, um, with the uh, good geologists worked all over the world. Uh, Tom Hart, who's uh, our uh, our uh, VP of exploration, and he's uh, he's worked with big companies, junior companies, and government. Uh, I like to say about Tom, he's pretty well stood on every outcrop in Ontario, Canada. And uh, now we've started to uh, cultivate a younger uh, crop of geologists with uh, ben Benjamin Williams and uh, Sarah Reese coming on. So that's a real uh, tight smaller team, uh, technical team, that's uh, able to focus on generating projects and advancing them to uh, attract partners. Right, okay, You're prospect generator. Not many people understand it or get it, or, or, or and if they do, they feel it's just too long to be able to see some sort of upside because from finding something through to it actually producing value, it, it, it seems an inordinate amount of time, right? It, that's what it feels like in the marketplace. So I'm, what I wanted to get at today is trying to understand how you create value. You've talked about having a sustainable business, right? But if I look at your share price, you, you know, been at this a while, share price, where are we? Eight, nine million today, fairly erratic pricing. It doesn't take a lot to move the, 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 the darkest, not a lot of trading going on. So what's the big idea for you? How do you get people to recognize the the um, opportunity of prospect generating, because you quote people like EMX royalty, you quote people like Altius royalties, um, it, you know, in your portfolio, in your PowerPoint. So, what's your big idea? Right. So, I mean, really, a tr traditional junior for the most part is is a, a failing business model. It, uh, it typically we take these things back to day one. Over time, they do have some ups and downs in share price. A uh, few of them have some significant discoveries. But generally, over time, um, they have to consolidate their share price and uh, against the shareholders and, and restart the engine. They never go bankrupt because they don't take on any debt, but really, they're not a, a viable business. By taking on a prospect generator model, you're really focused on discovery. And we do that by mitigating the risk. We don't need to go out and raise, uh, um, fi do financings and, uh, and, and dilute the shareholders. 
So uh, a traditional junior generally has one or two projects. They, they, they advance those projects by taking, um, uh, selling equity in the company that dilutes your shareholders significantly. And if they're successful with the odds being one in 1,000 to one in 3,000, uh, they, um, they can have a significant a portion of a significant discovery. Whereas we have many projects, we tend to, we like to sell interest in the projects rather than selling interest in equity. Therefore, we keep the shareholders equity really tight. At the end of the day, we'll have interest in many discoveries, uh, but probably minority interest or royalty interests. But uh, through this process, we've mitigated the risk. We have numerous irons in the fire to be able to uh, um, bring, bring discoveries to our, our shareholders. So that's how the business model works in terms of your, your value proposition. Um, the that the basically we are looking for uh, a significant discovery and it does take some patience we won't we, through time we've only ever raised 10 million dollars we've spent more than 45 million dollars in the company now through by by spending uh partners money and uh and we're poised for discovery on a few of those projects now right okay so yeah partners have spent 35 million you, you you've spent 10 you're sitting at sub 10 million bucks yourself at the moment how, how do i make money that's what I want to understand because you've got some cash coming in, presumably from management or op- operating fees, as and when, depending on which which project. Once I suspect you've got equities which you can sell down at, you know, hopefully at or or, or near market um, value, um, and you you make sure that you tell people that this is a sustainable business. I've, I've listened to some of your interviews, so. Um, that's great for survival mode, but how do I make money? What, what, what was the upside for me as a shareholder of this company? The upside for you is you, is going to be involved in a you will be involved in a significant discovery, whereas other companies' traditional model that is a very high um, low low chance of being involved in a significant discovery. When you're involved in a significant discovery, you will be in multiples multiples of your your share price. And uh, going out and spending money just to spend money to get to the next financing is not not going to uh, um, gain you a lot of a lot of value. So the, the investors are um, patient investors that have to uh, wait for that discovery, and those discoveries are are, are poised to be uh, brought forward now. But, but what does that mean? Is it because you know why why is why are your project any likely any more likely to succeed than say an explorer's? Is it a case, is it a numbers game? The fact that you you can you can do prospect generating have have ten projects, flip them on, or whether how if it format format situation you get some cash some equity and if one of those hits you're in the money is is, is that the way it works? Uh, somewhat, but we're able to filter through them and focus on the best projects with the best commodity prices at the best time in the cycle. That's one of the things we aren't aren't. Uh, to, uh, married to any one project, we can prioritize projects. So uh, we're involved in 25 right now, and uh, and we can focus on on the ones that are really kind of bring bring what we think from a technical perspective are going to bring value to uh, to our shareholders. But, but, but how do you package that? One, one you're going to kind of package that story up because you can only take it so far because you're you know you're you're you know cash constrained in a way. You can, it's not like you can you know spend money and blast it through to PFS yourself. You've got to get it to a certain point, get another interested party uh, on, on board, and then they've got to go and raise some money off the back of the work that you've done, and you get a I don't know 20 25 percent free carry, and then like I say, maybe a little bit of bit of cash and, and equities as, as well. That. Is that the basic structure that you, you go for in each of these deals? Typically, we do. Um, we we're, we also have the opportunity to take a a, sig- a significant discovery forward ourselves. That's not not uh, unavailable to us. 
So once we are able to kind of go through that, that filter, uh, pick the projects that are best to work on, uh, do the initial work, which might take us through the first phase of drilling, we then can make a decision. Well, no, we, we want to raise money, further money to kind of keep this uh, contained within the company, or we want to bring a partner in because uh, the, the risk is a little bit too high for us at this time. Right. Okay. So again, coming back to my earlier question is like, what's in it for me is like, let's say you're, you're a share chart for the last 12 months is fairly, it's up and down, not, not a lot of trading going on. So what is this more a kind of, um, there are just big, big events, you know, every six months, every year, every two years. I mean, how, how do you plan and phase that? Now, obviously, there's a lot of stuff not in your control, like the, like the markets, like again, commodity prices, et cetera. But how do you plan for steady growth, which is very, you know, attracts people like me, um, versus these kind of slightly more erratic events every now and again? Right. I think that's the key. We're not out trying to just generate stock uh, mind the stock market, as the saying goes. We are looking and really focusing on real discoveries that contribute to, to society that really provide that 20 to 30 uh, you know, times your, your money opportunity through a, a discovery. And by doing this project generator model, we're able to kind of really focus and mitigate that, that risk so that we're able to get to that point uh, quicker. But in terms of uh, moving the company uh, towards a, uh, a more volatile uh, um, uh, share profile, that's not necessarily our, in the business model. Right. Okay. Okay. So can you just take me through how you've got 25 projects, right? There's, there's a lot and you're going to move them all to advance them all to a specific stage. So you can, you can offload them or, or from the map, right? So how can you just help me understand the process for how you select them? You, cause you're a big, you know, big company mentality, you know, Falcon Bridge, Extrata, et cetera, uh, as are mm-hmm. most of the team. Um, what was the relevant experience you brought from there to here in terms of selection, in terms of the property acquisitions and then how you move those forward and when you move those forward and how much money you spend on each of those? Right. So, I mean, it's a data-driven process. Um, we're all uh, highly technically skilled in the company, uh, taking uh, the numerous databases that are out there, whether they're um, uh, public databases, proprietary databases, data, databases that we have of our own, and, uh, and put them all into one platform where we can compare uh, various layers of data to generate ideas. Those ideas, then, uh, we, we generally like to, to Take, pick them up through staking. That's becoming more difficult these days uh, as, as some of the, the, the real uh, significant camps are being staked up in this uh, sort of bull market that we're in. Uh, but we are also working with prospectors and we'll take on the odd uh, option agreement to try and uh, advance the project as well. So it's a real kind of methodical, systematic uh, exploration approach that utilizes um, all bases of, uh, of geoscientific data to generate the best, uh, best projects. Right. And, and, but what's, what's, I'm interested in the, the kind of profile because there's a, there's a lot of companies we've interviewed and it just seems like it'll do seems to be the mentality. It's enough to get us the ability, allow us to raise some money in the marketplace to right. see how it does. Yeah. Right. Where some of your projects are big. You got some big names yep. working with you, allocating decent sized budgets. Um, but as you say, things are getting tighter and tougher out there. So does some of, some of that profile that you originally set out to, um, look for, does that fall away and you have to, you know, it's good enough? Well, I think that's a really interesting point to bring up. I mean, uh, our mentality is much more systematic and we can afford to be systematic because we don't have to get 
get that intersection that gets us that next financing in place. Um, so we can really take the best of the best and do a systematic approach the way we should, the way we would have done it if we had $30 million budgets uh, in, in a large company. And we do it with a very small budget because we're able to focus where our attention is. Um, whereas in, a, in the other model, the other traditional model, I think there is uh, a necessity to, uh, to really uh, get that, that, uh, that, that drill intersection whether it's it's really meaningful or not is a good question, but it is it is necessary to get you to that next finance and that next tranche of money that's going to allow you to kind of do your next bunch of work. Right. And and how much money do you allocate to an asset before you say, well, we need to flip this on because we either we don't want to go and raise the money to be able to move this for ourselves, or we've done enough to get uh, the interest in, I mean, what, what, what's that, what's that number look like? Cause otherwise you can just, you, you know, know that's, suck up that's the highly variable. Yeah. That's on a case by case basis. For right. example, we have small projects where we have uh, that we kind of basically optioned out almost immediately um, without spending only a, a little bit of money. And there's other projects, for example, that we'll be working on this year. Those ones being Elmer, Jolly, uh, Maud Lake, which we are probably going to be spending um, about a half million dollars uh, on each of those uh, just just this year, and then trying to make that decision whether or not we're going to advance them to an option arrangement or, or or do some more work on them. Uh, I think a, there's not a real average number; it depends on the, the project that you're working on. But I would say that typically uh, we don't spend more than a, a million dollars, and often under five hundred thousand on a project. Right. Okay. Of the twenty five projects you've got right now, how many are active in the sense that they're either farmed out or yeah. they're g- spun yeah. out or they're going to be spun out. Right. Well, uh, we hope they're all going to be spun so We don't have any plans to do additional spin-outs. We have spun out five projects into a company called Canadian Gold Miner. We've spent, spun out uh, uh, two, pro- two projects into a company called SPC Nickel. Uh, SPC Nickel went public. We were able to provide a share dividend back to our shareholders. We hope that Canadian Gold Miner will go public uh, this year as well. Um, in terms of active projects, uh, we will be spending our own money on a minimum of four and possibly five this year, uh, or 25. And we have uh, option work being carried out on uh, probably another, just taking a look here, another five projects. Okay. So other projects we'll, we'll see active work on. What was the dividend on the SPC, SPC nickel um, spin-out? The, the dividend was a share dividend. Yeah. You got uh, uh, one share of SPC nickel for every 10 uh, transition shares held. Okay. I mean, that the SPC nickel, so that so that dividend is 10, 10 to 1 on the shares. Um, what are they, 12, 13 million market cap, um, I think. Something like that. They have about 120 million shares out at, I think we're around 12 or 13 cents. Right. Okay. One to watch for sure. Um, so, and what else? You, you think you're looking at spinning anything else? Anything else out uh, in you know, the near future? It's a great. It's a great model to spin these out. It's difficult, I find, uh, just to find uh, the right people to kind of run them. We've spun out two right now, but the uh, the administration and the uh, and the complexity of doing it is is difficult. We we do have another idea to spin out another uh, set of assets. Yeah. Which. I'll- 
put in the future, but uh, nothing in the works right now. Okay, so so Canadian gold mines uh, next up, and then you're kind of reserving judgment on the rest. Um, Do you think that's part of the problem with prospect generators? Like as soon as it kind of reaches a, a certain stage you spin something out or you farm something out and you know 25 percent of something is better than 100 percent of something which doesn't work because you can't you don't have the budget but do you think people struggle with um, that concept the average retail um investor may struggle with that concept uh, they're looking for a, a quick quick return quick payout um they don't it's a complex company to understand uh, you know, we all, when we look at an investment, we do look at what the team, who the team is, and that's pretty easy that we look at their financials, so they don't have uh, financial runway to stay sustainable. And then three, we look at the project. And when you look at our uh, our company, it does become complex. You know, there's a lot of projects in there and there's a lot of uh, royalties, the milestone payments, and it's a hard thing to actually put your thumb on and value. So I think that's probably one of the reasons we don't see a, a retail following right now. Uh, until we get that uh, that big intersection, which hopefully will come this this year. So, what does the register look like? How do you break that down? Uh, the register is is primarily retail. Um, you know, it isn't an institutional kind of play where you see a lot of uh, uh, financings coming out of it. But uh, as I mentioned, we I founded the company with uh, an individual named David Elliott, who's one of the founders of Haywood Securities. So his book represents a fairly large. Uh, um, portion of the uh, of, of the the register we do have uh us global has held a significant portion in the past with rick rule and I, I just don't know how much they still hold but they probably hold a significant amount as well uh, myself and uh, other insiders uh hold a fair bit the rest is generally retail right but it's, it's not very liquid and i just i just wonder you know what, what do you do about that can you do anything you know I think it can become liquid when we have uh, significant uh, discoveries, but uh, there are large chunks held up uh, within you know, my own personal investments and so on. So there's not there's still a fair bit of free trading shares out there, but I, I don't have a good answer for you on the liquidity issue. Okay. Some questions sent in. Um, people are obviously interested in what's going on over at Sunday yes. Lake with that Impala. You know, are they spending money? I know you've got the free carry on the, to PFS stage, but What's the news? Because there's not a lot coming out of Impala. Yeah, so Sunday Lake is probably one of our better discoveries. That uh, That's probably a very significant discovery on a worldwide scale. That uh, mineralized uh, zone now is probably 1,500 meters by 800 meters and open. Best intersection being about 41 meters, about five and a half grams platinum plus plating plus gold with some very high-grade intersections within that. So on a worldwide scale, it's a really important project. Since the uh, Impala sold, um, bought uh, North American Palladium, uh, they put this project into uh, uh, their subsidiary, North uh, Palladium Impala Canada, which is now focused on uh, Lactizil and uh, and hasn't spent money on on Sunday Lake last year. We're hopeful that they will this year, but more importantly, at this point, we do have interests in other uh, very similar projects. Um, uh, at to Sunday Lake. Notably, Saturday night is a lookalike to uh, Sunday Lake. It's about 16 kilometers long strike. We have 100% interest in that project. It's uh, It only has one drill hole in it that we drilled in the intrusion. It's a better uh, discovery intersection than what Sunday Lake was, was like. It's identical in every way. And one of the projects which I'm really excited about is a project called Mod Lake, which is, we think now, is, an, is another 
mid-continental rift associated intrusion similar to Sunday Lake and, and others like the, um, uh, clean air metals uh, deposit. That project, we've just flown an airborne surveillance, high, high tenor nickel at surface. Uh, we've just flown an airborne survey, and we've got some great EM targets to, to chase down on that. Uh, we hope to do, we'll be starting work on that very soon. I think the end of May, uh, we're going in there, and we should be drilling that this fall. Okay, you, mean, you referenced the, um, this earlier, the, the question I'm about to ask you. Because if I look at you know, Sunday Lake, you, you, you like it. Um, you think it's got huge potential. It's, it's PGM, which is, I guess, starting to get a few eyeballs, um, on it, especially off the back of, you know, Russian sanctions, et cetera. Um, and Impala, big name, big balance sheet, et cetera, but they can get distracted, right? There's, you know, they've got a lot on their plate. Um, things are prioritized. And then all of a sudden budgets are removed from your project, which, you know, you need. Doesn't it say, and it's like you, you referenced it earlier that you, you're going to have to pick one or two projects of your own to stay in control because you're out of control in that situation. Their decision making has got nothing to do with what your needs and wants. So what are the two, one or two projects that you think that you can focus on, that, that you can advance and move away from this prospect or generator, uh, prospect generator model and start becoming a bit more like the kind of EMX or the Altius that you, you reference in the PowerPoint? Well, I think the EMX and the Altius uh, companies are, are not companies that, that simply take on a single project and, and advance it in a traditional model. That's not how they've been successful. They've been successful by evolving over a long period of time to have uh, a bundle of royalties that start paying and uh, create a sustainable uh, business that has a, a measurable value. And, uh, and that's where they've gotten to. In terms of projects that I like right now that we're working on, uh, I, I, I mentioned already that Mod Lake project has some obvious drilling targets. Uh, we will most likely drill those ourselves before looking for a partner, if at all. So that's a good one to, to watch and, uh, and see what comes of that over the next, next while. There are a couple of press releases out on it to date, but there's a lot more work to do this summer on, on that project. Um, in terms of uh, another project that I'm, I'm kind of really excited about is, is one called Elmer. It's in the Sudbury Mining District outside of the Sudbury Nickel Camp. It's a large, um, uh, a large uh, uh, breach of, um, uh, a breach of, breach of uh, stock that's seen a lot of alteration, sodic alteration. We've got uh, really good gold and, and copper numbers coming out of that and uh, some really interesting uh, geophysical targets to drill at depth. That Those are both two large-scale projects that, if we are successful in the initial phase of exploration, are ones that we can decide whether we want to kind of partner or move on and develop ourselves. Okay, interesting. See, that, that, that's interesting. I, mean, like, I wasn't suggesting you become a, a, a one-asset company. I, I appreciate the blended approach to the, to the projects, but... You know, we look at, when you look at other stories like this, they, they've had to retain some control of some of, of, of their portfolio because other people's decision making is, or can affect their business. So I appreciate that. Um, so what, what are the things that we need to be looking at for this year? You got the rest because it's a funny time for junior yes. markets. Uh, so junior, um, companies yeah. at the moment. So what do you think are the moments that are going to make difference for you? Yeah, so you probably noticed we've had a bit of a hiatus in news flow over the last couple of months. We did uh, have a fair bit through 2021. And now as we move into the field season, we're hopeful that news flow will start uh, start coming forward, which will be things that you you and your investors can look for. We will be doing uh, um, 
field work on, on at least four projects, possibly five, which will include Maud Lake, Thompson, which is in BC, Almer in Ontario, and Jolly, which is in Ontario. And I hope to be able to be drilling on three of those, which will be Maud, Thompson, and, uh, and, and Almer. So there should be news flow coming out of that. We are um, discussing uh, partnerships with other companies. There should be uh, some, some option flow coming out as well. Um, we look to see CGM go public this year. That will take our company stock holdings into a measurable market-determined uh, uh, value that gives us some optionality with respect to whether we want to um, you know, hold that stock, uh, sell that stock, or dividend that stock. And we've got a strong project generation model, a uh, strong project generation program in place and already starting to look to pick up new projects. In fact, we picked up a new new one quite recently, which looks really excited. And you'll hear about that in the coming weeks.